0: Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for For the the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. It's simple, guys. You know the drill by now. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code UGA, and this time you get up to $200 in cash. They'll match that first deposit up to $200, and that goes like straight into your account, guys. All you have to do is bet that deposit, and that cash will be ready for you to withdraw to do whatever you want with it. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie you guys know i am your host tyler and once again back with me to do our picks of the week championship edition is the star of the podcast herself charlie welcome back glad you're here we gotta make some picks this week charlie and we 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 gotta bounce back because uh last week was um oh i don't know terrible
1: it's not as bad as I thought it was when I was crossing things off.
0: The noon slate for me last week, the Friday slate and the noon slate for me was borderline catastrophic.
1: Horrible. Yes.
0: It was like borderline catastrophic for me. And I was like, Oh my God, I, am I going to go winless? But I got a few there at the end on Friday and then middle of the, the three thirty slot and then the night slot on Saturday were, were good for me. They were much better for me. So I didn't have a good week by any stretch of the imagination, but it, like you said, it didn't end up being as bad as I thought it was going to be sitting there like in the noon games on Saturday because it looked bad. It looked bad there early on, but we kind of bounced back a little bit, but still, Charlie, you know, we've had a good little run here over the past couple of weeks. Really all season we've done well. The last couple of weeks have been awesome. You've been on fire for the last month, but we came back down to earth a little bit last week, but that's okay. We've had a couple of weeks like this throughout the 13-week regular season, but every time we've had that, Charlie, what have we done? We've gotten better. We bounced back. We bounced back in a big way. So this is a bounce back championship Saturday. But uh, I, I I wish we could kind of skip this part. Can we skip the recap from last week? Do we have to? Oh, it was bad. Can we just say it was bad?
1: No, we're not skipping it. Okay.
0: Accountability. That's the name of the game. All right. What do you got for me?
1: You went 8-10. and Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> you missed on Notre Dame as an upset special. And Iowa not only cost themselves a trip to the Big Ten title game on Saturday with their home loss to lowly Nebraska. What are you
0: doing, Iowa? But Dear it also God.
1: cost you your fourth straight parlay. Yeah. So your yeah. thoughts on the weekend?
0: Again, I don't think it was as bad as I, I thought it was going to end up being. I, I, there were just moments where I was like, man, I don't even want to do the Picks episode next week because it's just going to be bad. I don't want to face that music. But it got a little bit better. Iowa, I mean, Iowa kill me, Charlie. I um, Iowa hurt the parlay because that was going to hit. Honestly, some of the games that I felt really good about. we were close, but they just missed by a point here or there. And that happens when you gamble. It happens. It's whatever. But here's my New Year's resolution, Charlie. My early New Year's resolution. I just don't think I'm ever going to bet on rivalry week ever again.
1: I mean, definitely just go for the upsets.
0: That's my other thing. It's like one of two things either i just don't bet on rivalry week or i just bet on every underdog and i think i'd come out on top because it's just chaos chaos reigns supreme during rivalry week like literally i know it's a cliche throw the record books out the window it's kind of what you do i learned my lesson it's okay it's a different kind of week different things at stake there but you know i bounced back eight and ten not a good week at all but not as bad and catastrophic as i thought it was gonna be
1: okay okay I went four and seven. Washington State kept it close, but couldn't quite close the door on Washington for my upset special. LSU let themselves down and let me down with the loss to AM. Inexplicable. Costing me my weekly parlay. So, our running season totals you are 120 and 84, which is 59%. So you only dropped a percentage Yeah,
0: we- <clears throat> I really want to hit the sixty mark for the season, Charlie. So I'm I'm, gonna, I'm like putting a lot into this week. I'm gonna put a lot into the bowl weeks because like there's something special when you can say you hit sixty plus percent of your picks in a year. So I'm shooting for. We've been I've been there for the past couple weeks, and that's where I want to end up. So we're gonna, we're going strong, guys. We're going strong. All
1: right, you're now eleven and eight on upset specials, which is fifty eight percent. I'm proud good. of
0: that. I'm proud of that.
1: And you're six and seven on parlays. Yeah, I solid am overall 81 and 56 which is also 59 percent uh four and six on parlays and two and nine on upset specials so the
0: upset specials is it fair to say are not your specialty
1: no they are not i
0: think one of those you you pick with your heart on your upset specials i do
1: which and i'm okay with that That's
0: okay you know you're just honestly those upset specials sometimes it's just like fun to take a flyer on some of those teams so i don't begrudge you that
1: all right are you ready to get started
0: yeah, we've got some championship games to get to, Charlie. All
1: right. Well, before we actually get started on the picks, I think it's important that we review the current playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday. So the standings... Oh, I as did not know we were doing this. Everyone knows that Georgia is one, Michigan is two, TCU three, and USC four. The number one team gets to pick the playoff site.
0: More or less, right? yes.
1: Obviously, if Georgia remains number one, Kirby Smart's going to pick Atlanta for the home field advantage to avoid jet lag, changes in schedule, all that stuff. I also think Jim Harbaugh will want to get his guys pumped up so they have an opportunity to grab the number one spot.
0: Going into this week?
1: Going into the playoffs. Do you think they realistically the do?
0: If we do? If we win, we we? So that they? was
1: my question. Do you think it's possible for Michigan to jump Georgia in the rankings if both Georgia and Michigan win this weekend? No,
0: I absolutely do not. I think there's zero chance that Purdue is not a strong enough They're not ranked, Charlie. there's not a strong enough opponent. Uh, LSU is at least ranked. They're not great. I mean, they're better than Purdue. So if we are ahead of Michigan going into this weekend – Unless we lose, I see zero chance. Even if we win on the last second play by a point and Michigan wins by 70, I do not think Michigan jumps us. Okay. I don't think Purdue's an impressive enough opponent.
1: Next question. If TCU and or USC both lose, or one of them, who do you think gets in? Who do you think gets in if one of them loses? Well, it
0: depends on who the one is that loses. Okay,
1: well, give me both scenarios.
0: Okay, so three scenarios there. All right. If TCU loses, I think TCU... I'm, I'm
1: sorry. Is that too difficult No, for you? no. Do you need these a are moment think? great questions. To
0: think. Hey, you're putting me on the spot here, Charlie. Like, I love this. Like, you're like... Hey, you're taking the Doing horse by job. the reins. Yeah. Mm. Look at my little Western reference, horse by the reins. I've never ridden a horse in my life. Well, I actually, I take that back like one and a half times.
1: I would like to see that. Didn't go
0: well. Didn't go well for me. Not a horse guy. Not a horse guy. All right.
1: So give me your... Anyway, um, three right. scenarios.
0: So if TCU loses... It depends on how like how that game goes though. Let's say TCU loses by a touchdown or less. I think they're still in. I, and then you're undefeated in the regular season, and if so, if TCU wins and you or TCU loses and USC wins, I think USC jumps to the 30. three spot. I think TCU stays in over Ohio State because they have 12 wins. Charlie, Ohio State only has 11. Okay. I, I I honestly believe that TCU would stay in. Now, if Kansas State blows out TCU, we're talking like a 20 30 point loss. Hmm, that could get interesting real quick. Although TCU can say, well, we already beat Kansas State once this year, but still so go back and TCU has twelve wins. I don't know how much the committee respects the Big Twelve. I don't, but like, what good wins does Ohio State have? They Notre Dame is I mean, at at Penn State. But that's a game that honestly they were they were trailing for large portions of that game. But I think if TCU can keep even in a loss, they keep it relatively close. They they sneak it in the four slot. If USC loses, USC is done. Ohio State's in. All right. If TCU and USC lose. USC's done. They're out. Ohio State, TC, you're in.
1: All right.
0: I don't think Alabama has a chance. Okay. Because I mean, it, there's no chance. Because even if Michigan loses, they're still in. I think if we lose, we, I mean, I, I don't want to jinx anything. I that. agree, we but their name is in.
1: Alabama, and you never know when people see that. But how? Like, what are
0: they going to do this week to jump Ohio right, State? They
1: can't. Unless
0: I, I guess you could say, well, they lost to LSU, so it makes that loss look better if they beat if LSU beats us.
1: If I had time, I would go back and look at like the historical the history of the rankings I mean, to see, like,
0: you're right, if, it, is if Alabama. it
1: changes, like, but I don't have time for that. It Sorry. is Alabama. There's, that's Sorry, fair. Listeners, I just don't, I don't see have that. how they
0: possibly jump no. anybody.
1: All right. Well. But Tennessee.
0: No. Right, Sorry, that, Ball. It's not happening. That
1: was a good, good little discussion to get us started. So now let's jump in to the USC Trojans. And the Utah Utes on Friday night. What time does that game start? 8
0: p.m. 8 p.m. You'll probably be able to watch the first quarter before you fall asleep, Jordan. And
1: I'll watch the rest of it on Saturday morning, and I'm okay with that.
0: Because you get up at what on Saturday?
1: Uh, This week, because of the game, 6.30. That's not bad. I mean, I'll be up before that, but I need to get out of bed at 6.30. Out of bed at 6.30?
0: Yeah. It's not too bad.
1: Alright, the USC Trojans are the favorite in this rematch against the Utah Utes in the Pac-12 Championship. USC has a 11-1 record with the one loss to Utah, which is led by Kyle Whittingham. Uh, this is Lincoln Riley's first year as the USC head coach after he left Oklahoma in the middle of the night last year, taking Heisman favorite Caleb Williams with him. The line sits, it keeps dropping, it's now at 2.5 as we're recording this in USC's favor I think USC will win, and maybe even by a lot, since they lost by one point at Utah back in October. Uh, Furthermore, USC is ranked number four in the college football playoff, and they need a win to secure a spot in the playoff. I mean, they have to have this one. Gotta have it. Um, So let me look at my handy-dandy notebook. I am taking USC minus two and a half. That's what I'm putting on my card. What's your take?
0: Officially minus two and a half for Charlie. Okay, okay. Charlie, you're a genius. I'm right there with you. Give me the Trojans. Minus two and a half. It's a lot on the line here, Charlie. I got some numbers for you guys. I got some betting trends. And Guys, when I give you betting trends, don't take this as gospel truth. These are just things to help you determine what direction you're leaning in. They, they are not going to tell you who's going to win or lose this game, but it's part of the equation to help you decide who has the edge in this game. So let me just give you a couple of these. I got quite a few for this game. As USC is five and one against the spread against teams with a winning record. Utah is one of those teams. They have a winning record. USC has also covered each of their last three games all as a favorite, and they are favored favorite in this game. Utah, on the other hand, is 0-3 against the spread in games that are between a plus-3 and minus-3 spread for the Utes. Utah and USC did play already this season, Charlie. I don't know if you watched the game. It was one of the better games of the season. And Utah beat the Trojans at home, by one on a last-second two-point conversion back in October. In that game, Caleb Williams was nothing short of spectacular. He threw for over 400 yards in that game. They did not lose that game because of him. It was in the 40s. But for Utah, Dalton Kincaid, their tight end, went bananas. Had over 200 yards receiving. He hasn't come close to touching those numbers. He's a really good tight end, a really good player, but he has not come close to touching those numbers in any game since then. But for me, Charlie, even though Utah won this matchup earlier, this is a vibes and a momentum Play for me here, USC is playing their best football of the season, and I think that matters at this time of the year, they are still very flawed on defense, especially against the pass, but Caleb Williams is special, and he has been on fire lately, prior to the Notre Dame game, where he he, he did some special things, he had some wow plays, only threw for like 2.30 in that game, but prior to that game, he had five straight games of 340 yards or more passing, I still think Utah's a good team. I'm not trying to disrespect the Utes at all. It's a good, very well-coached team. I like watching them play. I like their style. I like their physicality. I like what they're about. And their defense is very well-coached by Morgan Scally. But defensively, they also don't have the difference makers this year. There's no Devin Lloyd on that defense. There's no erase. There's no difference maker. And I just don't think that without the home crowd to push them on, I don't think they can keep up and score with USC. I really do love Cam rising. I love what that guy's made of. He's a tough dude, but he's really banged up right now. His legs were a big part of that first win over USC, but he got hurt. And he they really haven't he's back. He's playing now. He's played for the past couple weeks, but they haven't been using his legs much at all because he's the dude is banged up right now. I you know, in a game like this, I'm sure they'll go back to using his legs but I don't think he's 100%. I don't think he'll be as effective on the ground as he was in that first matchup. And really, at the end of the day, I just don't think that Utah's the playmakers in the passing game outside of Dalton Kincaid. And if you only have one guy, you can kind of slow that down. And I I know that they run the ball well, but USC has been all right against the run. They've been terrible, terrible against the pass. And I know, again, Utah did a lot of things in the passing game and really hurt USC in the first matchup I just don't think they're going to be able to replicate that kind of success at a neutral site in this game especially with the way that USC is playing right now and with all that's a stake for USC now we saw this last week Charlie. there's a lot of stake for a team like Clemson they blew that game so that's not unprecedented but again it's a vibes and a momentum play for me I just like where this USC program is right now so give me USC minus two and a half do you have a play on the total? I do not I do so I'm gonna give another one here, Charlie. USC Utah under 66 and a half. I know that seems very, very counterintuitive when this, these two teams combined for over 80 points in the first matchup, but Utah, while well, they aren't as dominant they they weren't dominant last year but they're not as good as they were last year they're still a good defense well coached top 20 defense nationally USC yes they are flawed on defense but again I just don't believe in the Utah offense right now I've watched in the past couple weeks they are not hitting on anything close to all cylinders right now I think what Utah is going to try to do to win this game is lean on the run game and try to shorten the game they didn't do that last time but you know I also think that Kyle Whittingham understands that it's going to be very difficult for them to win another shootout against USC. They got really lucky the first time. That's why they went for two late in that game on that last second two-point conversion to win it. Because he knew, he knew in overtime, like, we can't keep, like, it's a miracle we've kept up with them this far. This is not sustainable. We can't continue this. So I think this time around, they're going to try to lean on the run game, Tavion, Thomas, Makai Bernard, and try to shorten this game and keep possessions away from USC. So as well as USC's offense is playing, as well as Caleb Williams is playing right now, I just think this is setting up to be a, a game that goes under that 66.5 point total.
1: Okay, I wrote it down. Well, the Big 12 Championship kicks off at noon on Saturday with another tight line of just 2.5 points in favor of TCU. Tyler, I know you had a big win total bet on TCU, which you won earlier this season, probably earlier than you expected.
0: Yeah, uh, early October.
1: And now you need the Horned Frogs to win the Big 12 Championship to cash out another big bet.
0: 2,800 to 1. Come on, Horn Frogs. Right. Come on, let's go.
1: When Kansas State and TCU played in October, the Wildcats started off with a bang and were winning going into halftime. The Wildcats were up 28 to 17 over the Horn Frogs. I don't know what the halftime speech included, but Sunny Dyke said something motivating because Kansas State didn't even score a field goal in the second half, and the final score was 38 uh, 28. Also, didn't
0: help that Adrian <clears throat> Martinez got hurt in that game.
1: Right, but you know.
0: But hey, it was a, it was a different game after halftime.
1: Yep. I know I've been saying this all year, TCU is going to lose at some point, but it hasn't happened yet, and I hope for Georgia's sake and for your sake also, Tyler, Thank that you, the Horn Frogs that. can pull out another win on Saturday. This game will also determine playoff spots. Obviously, do you think? I mean, I don't think TCU will get in if they lose. You don't think they're going
0: to get in at all if they
1: lose? I, I, I mean, I guess if they you guys, have the extra if, data point, they have an
0: extra win over Ohio State.
1: Yeah, but it's TCU. I just I don't know that they... the they're... name on the
0: chest. like you, you want to think it doesn't matter, but it does. Because they're humans and they're in the committee room. But I...
1: Honestly, it's like a toss-up. I think like, it depends what... on how they lose. I think how, yeah. how that game goes. That's true. I, I don't think they'll lose. I think they're going to win.
0: Please, Jesus.
1: Um, We need them to win.
0: Uh, yeah. For we, multiple uh, yes, reasons. Yes, Come on. Come I on, am going to
1: take TCU minus Although two I and a half. Although I will say,
0: like, I'm kind of... <sighs> Actually, I'm not torn. I want what's best for Georgia. Because if TCU loses this game and they get into the playoffs, Charlie they're going to be the four seed, right? Mm-hmm. If we win on Saturday and win the SEC title game, we will be the one seed that would set us up to play TCU. I told you earlier in the week that I think TCU is the best matchup for us in terms of like, I just don't, I think TCU is the, um, the lesser of the four teams that would get in.
1: Depending on how they lose.
0: Well, I mean, if they get in, if they're the four seed we play, I would rather play TCU than anybody. Cause I think that we right. would have an easier time. But beating
1: not, them. But if it's close, they're not going to drop to four.
0: No. Well, I mean, if,
1: it, it all depends on how the games go. We all know that. I so think that
0: if they lose, period, the, the best case they can hope for is four. I'm C.
1: taking TCU minus two and a half. What's your play on the game?
0: Well, Charlie, I'm nervous about this one. I, I got to be entirely honest with you. I am like shaking in my boots, kind of nervous right now about this game because I think Kansas State has a really good chance to win this game. I got a couple um, of betting trends here for you guys. TCU, now this makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside, but TCU is 9-2-1 against the spread this year, guys. That's the third best cover percentage in all of America. TCU is 7-2-1 as a favorite. So those seem to be like trending in my my favor, but I mean, yeah, they're just betting trends. That doesn't tell you exactly who's going to win and lose. It's just something to look at. I think these are two very similar teams, and that's something that concerns me. Yes, TCU won earlier in the year, but Kansas State had some issues at quarterback. Adrian Martinez, their starting quarterback, went down that game. Will Howard came in. He went the rest of the way. He got he went out for like a couple of plays. They brought in their third-string quarterback. I've heard a lot of people say, well, like, TCU was down to the third-string quarterback. Yeah, for like four plays. And then Will Howard came back in on the, like the next drive, and he finished the game out. So like, that's a little bit overblown. But, you know, Will Howard is a good quarterback. In fact, Will Howard is their starting quarterback. Uh, Chris Kleeman came out and said, even if Martinez is healthy, like, Will Howard's done enough. Like, this is his job. Maybe we'll have a package for Adrian Martinez, but this is Will Howard's job. And he's a different kind of quarterback than Adrian Martinez. Um, he doesn't run, he runs the ball a little bit. He's mobile ish, but he's more of a passer. Their passing attack, and they have a couple good receivers in Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks. Their passing attack is far more dangerous with him under center, but their running game does lose a little bit. Deuce Vaughn's a fantastic back, but a big part of what made has made him successful throughout his career is that opposing defenses always have to account for the quarterback of the run game they always have the numbers advantage and that certainly helps deuce vaughn out now he's a fantastic back especially when gets into space i'm not trying to take too much away from him there but it certainly helps so he's had a tougher time getting going in the run game without adrian martinez in the game but the passing game has certainly taken a step forward and in that game against tcu the first time around will howard had not been repping as number one quarterback that is not i mean that's not the case this time around he's been repping as number one guy for a couple of weeks now so that would tend to lean in favor of kansas state But statistically, these teams are like really, really, really similar. I know their record isn't similar, but statistically, their profile is very similar. In a game like this, against two teams that have already played each other, played a close game, and they're statistically very similar, it's going to come down to things that decide games. Turnovers, big plays, red zone performance. And I think in the red zone, I give Max Duggan, TCU's quarterback, an advantage. I give TCU the edge there because he is mobile, and he is a tough runner. And he does a really good job of fighting those tough yards in the red zone. Uh, they have a couple of running backs, Kendra Miller and Mari Di Mercado who are both tough physical backs that helps in the red zone. So I think that could potentially be a difference maker for TCU. Again, Deuce Vaughn is great, but the TCU defense, I don't think it's enough credit. I really don't. This defense was horrid last year. They were just flat out terrible. That's why TCU is bad. The reason I put a big win total bet on TCU and I put this, um, this Big 12 championship bet on them is I watched TCU a fair amount last year because I didn't watch a lot of football. And TCU, offensively, was awesome. Like, they had playmakers all over the field, and I knew they were all coming back. Defensively, they were a train wreck. And so my thing was, all right, well, you bring in Joe Gillespie, who I have a lot of respect for as a defense coordinator from Tulsa. I know you're making a change the offensive coordinator. I think a lot of last years, they quit on Gary Patterson. There was some toxicity there in that relationship with him after all those years. Offensively, they had studs. And you bring in Sonny Dykes, who's an offensive guy by trade, an air raid guy. like, man, that offense is going to be killer. And if the defense just improves, like, a little bit this could be like a really sneaky good team and that's what's happened this year so with Max Duggan also adding that element as a runner as a running quarterback I think that they can they can really win this game Deuce Vaughn has been great go back to the defense here but this TCU defense again B. John Robinson who is crazy awesome probably the best running back in the country right now that dude is a monster they held B. John Robinson to 29 yards in Austin I know Deuce Vaughn is great, but again, he's not the same guy without AJ Martinez and a quarterback that's a true legitimate run threat back there. So I think TCU can... Ne- neutralize is a strong word, but can control the ground game enough to win this football game. And, and I, I will admit, guys, there's probably some wishful thing here. I'm actually not going to put a bet on this game because I already have enough money on this game, so I'm not going to put a bet on it. But I'm going to go TCU here. I think this is a magical season for TCU. I think they have an, I think they have slightly more playmakers offensively. I think their defense is a very underrated defense. So give me TCU to uh, beat Kansas State for the second time this year. All do right. you have a play on the win total? I do not. I do, Charlie. Give me TCU Kansas State under 62. I'm going against prevailing wisdom here, Charlie. I don't know if you realize this. Since they brought back the Big 12 championship, all five of these Big Twelve championship games have gone under the win total. TCU has played like their offense is—it's dangerous when it's hitting on all cylinders. It hasn't necessarily been hitting on all cylinders. Like Quentin Johnson, their star receiver, has been banged up. He's allegedly healthy. He sat out last week and he's ready to go. They scored a bunch of points. They scored sixty plus on Iowa State, whose defense is one of the best in the country last week. Very deceiving. They had like. 350 total yards in that game. There were a lot of short fields, a lot of turnovers. I think it might have been a pick six. There was a pick six, if I remember correctly. So it was very deceiving in terms of what actually went on in that game. So Kansas State, I do, do respect defensively. Uh, both teams run the ball more than you think. TCU runs the ball, guys, more than you think. And they don't, and they don't really run a bunch of tempo. So I'm going to take in a championship game setting here. I think the defense are going to step up here, and I think it's going to be a, a tough, hard-fought game. Give me TCU-Kansas State under... Sixty-two.
1: All right, well, on Saturday night, hopefully after Georgia has been crowned the SEC champions for the 2022 season, Clemson and UNC will go head-to-head in Charlotte in the ACC championship game. Clemson went 10-2 and in the regular season and ended the regular season with a loss to in-state rival the South Carolina Gamecocks, while UNC most notably lost to Georgia Tech a couple weeks ago. Which they also lost to last week. And then last, or not last week, last year. And last week, they lost to NC State. I think before last week, Clemson probably thought they had a shot at getting into the playoffs. Um, But now, now they get to play for the ACC Championship and a spot in the Orange Bowl.
0: The Orange Bowl will be the spot if they win. All
1: right. Well, UNC has quarterback Drake May, which I know you think he should win the Heisman or at least be in New York. But since he's a Tar Heel.
0: It ain't happening. Not happening. But after the last two weeks also, it's not going to happen. He had a hell of a year. I would be okay with him being in New York. Not going to win it now. It's going to be Caleb Williams more than likely.
1: All right. Well, we know UNC is all about offense, while Clemson is defensive-driven. But then you look at what South Carolina was able to do to the Clemson defense, and I think this could possibly be a high-scoring game. The point total is 63, and I think Clemson will be able to score easily against the UNC defense. They're supposed to be pretty bad with...
0: Oh, they What's are his name? Gene Chizik. Gene
1: Chizik as their coordinator. Clemson is favored by 7.5 in this one. Just dropping also. I think it was at 9 earlier this week. It was, yeah. I don't know which way to go in this game because both teams are coming off pretty tough losses. I guess the Clemson boys buy into Dabo Sweeney's motivational talks and whatnot. I wouldn't be able to listen to or buy into that. You mean that. you
0: don't like a snake oil salesman?
1: No. Um. So... Uh, my play on this game is Clemson minus seven and a
0: half. All right, Charlie. I see your Clemson minus seven and a half, and I'm going to challenge you on this one. I will admit, Charlie, I I, I don't know if I. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, I don't have a super strong feeling on this. So we're trying to give you picks. We should have said this at the outset. I we want to give you as many picks as we can, and give you our thoughts on these games because it's championship week, right? We don't have much football left, but. I don't have a super strong feeling on all these. The rest of the way, I'll try to tell you which ones I actually feel really good about and I'll put a a good chunk of change on. This is not one of them. In fact, Charlie, I went back and forth over the past couple days on this one. I had Clemson, I went to UNC and back to Clemson, and I just kind of even going back and forth, but as far as betting trends, North Carolina is 3-0 against the spread this season as an underdog, and that's interesting. If you really watch North Carolina play, they play a lot of close games, man. Their last 4 games were all one-score games. Whether they won them or they lost them, they were all one-score games. And I when I look at this Clemson offense, Charlie, this is what I what this is what I've settled on. I just don't think they're good enough on offense to pull away from anybody, no matter how bad North Carolina's defense is. And it's not a good defense. They've improved as the season's gone on, but they're still bad. They're still very bad. It's almost inexplicably bad because they have some good players. They've recruited pretty well. Travis Shaw, Storm Duck, Tony Grimes. They recruited these, these studs out there, and they're just, just not performing. And then the other side of the UNC offense, though, it has come back down to earth over these last two weeks. have been held under 400 yards each of the last two weeks, and they were just on fire. But then... You look at Clemson, as you mentioned, Charlie, against South Carolina, they just gave up 350 yards passing to Spencer freaking Rattler. I mean, I know Rattler had a good game against Tennessee, but Tennessee's garbage in the secondary. We knew that. And Clemson is really good in the front seven. They're talented in the front seven. They got issues in the back end, man, and that's been exposed a couple times this year. Wake Forest exposed them. We saw South Carolina last week. And with Drake May, yes, their front seven is good. Yes, they have some really good pass rushers. But Drake May is a really, really mobile quarterback. He's a really good athlete, and his I think his escapability can give him a chance to neutralize that Clemson pass rush in their front seven. And Charlie, I don't like. I, I see where you're coming from with the Clemson mindset, and that's certainly one way to go with that. But I think there's an alternate viewpoint here, too. Like, what state of mind is Clemson in after crashing and burning last week at home against their their bitter rival, which knocked them out of a potential college playoff berth? They have no chance now. So is there a chance that they are just completely deflated in this game? Like, who cares about the ACC title game?
1: There is, and I'm weary of that. However, these guys seem to get up for Dabo. I, I just but they don't. didn't last week. Well.
0: In that spot, how do you not?
1: Yeah, but I think it'll be different. I guess this week maybe they'll want to turn it around. Yeah, you could very know. well be
0: right. That's, that's why I'm not confident in this game. You could be right. I could be right. I don't know what Clemson's mindset is going to be coming into this game. I really don't know. What I do know is that DJ Ungulale, dear God. I mean, I'm not even like rip the guy because... I just feel bad for him at this point. Like, it, I he needs to transfer, right, Charlie? Are you with me on this? Like, DJ needs to transfer like tomorrow.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And it, I still think DJ's got talent. I honestly, I think the Clemson offense is their scheme is kind of garbage, and I don't really think it fits his skill set that much. And you know, last year was bad for him, and he's got, he's got, he's kind of a head case at this point. But I just, regardless, I don't believe him. The guy threw for under 100 yards last week, guys. I don't believe in him. I know UNC's defense is bad. I know that they made a the technical look offense look kind of okay, decent but I just don't believe in Clemson enough here. I think Clemson probably wins the game, but I think North Carolina is good enough to keep this close. Again, all their games have pretty much, with a few exceptions, been very, very close games this year. So give me North Carolina. If you're giving me seven and a hook, give me the Tar Heels plus seven and a half. All right. We need to take a break, don't we, Charlie? Yes,
1: we do. Man,
0: thank you for reminding me. You just looked at me, and I was like, oh, yeah, got to take a break. Okay, so our good friends, guys, my bookie. It's it's crazy the college ball season is is winding down. I feel like... Charlie, don't you feel like September was like a day ago? Yeah. Yeah? You don't seem confident in that. Kind of. I, feel like the, I know the football season can be a grind for you, traveling, doing the podcast. I understand that. But I live for this stuff. And I feel like it just started and here it's gone. But don't worry, guys. Championship week is here. You've watched football all season long. You've watched these games. You've watched these teams. Now's the time to cash in on that and... Sign up with my bookie, create an account, and whatever you deposit, if you use the, the promo code UGA, they will give you up to $200 in cash straight to your account. They'll match that deposit up to $200. And as soon as you bet, like if you Deposit fifty bucks. As soon as you bet fifty bucks, that money is released to your account, and you can withdraw it and do whatever you want with it. So the time is now, guys. Bowl season's coming up. You can use all that knowledge from everything you saw this this season on Saturday during the bowl season and make yourself some nice spending money for the holiday season. So make sure to bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Ah, uh, hmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.
1: All right. Next up, let's travel north to the Big Ten. Where is this game played again?
0: This is played in Indianapolis, Charlie, your favorite place in the world, the winter wonderland of Indianapolis.
1: Okay. Well, at least that's inside.
0: I love Indianapolis. I thought that was a fantastic spot for a yeah, game. it a pretty good spot. It's a great event city.
1: This game is also at eight o'clock on Saturday. So I hope you all have your TV set to record one of these games or have two TVs set up. So you don't miss any action. If you've been paying attention, which I'm sure you have, cause you listen to this podcast. So you're pretty dedicated. Blake Corum is out for the rest of the season with a knee injury But that may not be too big of a deal after he didn't play much last week against Ohio State. What's their other running back's name?
0: Donovan Edwards, who I wanted desperately a couple years ago. UGA recruited also.
1: Um, Another Michigan player was arrested on felony charges today from something that happened back in October. So this may have been a rough week for the Michigan Wolverines, even though they smoked their biggest rival um, on the road last week. Now, Purdue has only scored an average of 28 points per game this season. And they lost to Iowa 24-3. to I mean, it's great for the Boilermaker program that they got to the Big Ten Championship, but I feel like this is going to be a blowout. I think Harbaugh is going to do his best to make a statement so Michigan can try, and we talked about this earlier, try to jump Georgia in the final rankings that come out on Sunday. The point total is 52. I mean, how many points do you think Michigan is going to score? Their average for points per game is 40, if you round it up. So do you think over or under for the point total
0: over over i think over i think michigan's gonna score 40 plus and i mean i think producing a screw around and maybe score some garbage time points and probably hit 13 14 17 points somewhere on there
1: yeah my play on this game is um i'm going with a point total i'm taking the over 52 uh michigan's favored by 17 what's your play on this game
0: I actually like that, Charlie. I'm actually going to go on... Uh, I'm going to take Michigan on, this, on the side here. I'm going to take Michigan minus 17 against Purdue. Over the last seven games, guys, of the year, Michigan's only had one game where the margin was closer than 21 points. Purdue is the kind of team that Michigan has destroyed this season. You mentioned it, Charlie. No Blake Corman. He is fantastic, man. I've loved this guy for a year and a half. I think he's awesome. But Dominic Edwards is also a dude. I, mean, I mentioned I wanted this guy badly in recruiting. He was down to us in Michigan. He stayed home and we went to Michigan. And he's kind of been the shadow of Blake Corn, but this guy can flat out play. You saw him break two long touchdown runs to ice that game against Ohio State last week. Purdue is just not a good team. Like, oh, okay, they're not good. They're not bad. They're eh. They're Purdue. They're fine. They're whatever. But Purdue has not hit 400 yards of offense in over a month, and that's for, I thought Purdue's offense would be better this year with Aiden O'Connell coming back with Brahms' background as an offensive guy, and they've been really good offensively under him. They were good last year. They had that that really fun. I think it was Music City Bowl last year. That really fun game against Tennessee. Uh, went to at least overtime maybe double overtime and it was very controversial but there were points scored all over the place now bowl games, you know can't really take too much from that but Purdue offense has not been what I thought it would be this year again have not hit 400 yards of offense in over a month I, I like your point total bet there Charlie I really think Michigan's probably gonna score 40 plus Purdue I think can hit 13-ish and do enough to like just barely put that over but um I like Michigan here man like again teams like Purdue, and there's a lot of teams like Purdue in the Big Ten, everyone like not named Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State is basically like Purdue, I think Michigan's just going to kill them, I think Michigan's going to flat out kill them here, I know that Massey Smith is out, and there could be some distractions there, but I, I think they're focused on this, so they don't want to lose this game, and, and and like leave their fate up to the college football playoff committee, I think they'd still be in regardless, but um, they want to win this game, Big Ten title, so uh, give me Michigan to win, and um, Take the Big Ten title for the second year in a row, Charlie.
1: All right. Well, let's go to the SEC Championship, Georgia versus LSU. We all know LSU lost to anm last weekend. This is Brian Kelly's first year at LSU, so pretty good job for him getting to the SEC Championship game in his first year in the SEC. Very
0: impressive. He's the first one since Jim Mappawain.
1: The West you know is down this year, but you know what? Still, It was
0: competitive, though.
1: Good for him. Um... They're all kind of on a level playing field, don't you think?
0: I mean, a, I think, a I, lot I of think Alabama and LSU, and then kind of there's the middle of the pack. I think Ole Miss, only Mississippi like State.
1: slightly above. Yeah, the middle yeah, yeah. The
0: yeah, yeah. They're not. Yeah, that's yeah. fair to say. Not dominant. Sure.
1: LSU could have had a road to the playoff prior to the AM game, but those dreams were dashed. Jaden Daniels has been seen in a boot this week. Um, we know he's a really good quarterback. But according to Brian Kelly on
0: the SEC, he's good to he's go. going to play. Yeah. Will he be 100%? I mean, no, probably not. No. But he's going to play. But he
1: practiced all week. Yeah. He said he had a pretty good week in practice. So, um, I forgot. What's the uh, point total on this game?
0: The last time I looked, it was 52 and a half. If you can keep talking, I will And the spread tell is
1: 17 and a half in favor, obviously, of, of Georgia. UGA ranked mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia's goal is to go 15 and 0. We haven't won an SEC championship since 2017.
0: It's crazy thing it's been that long.
1: I'm going to take Georgia to cover in this one. Um it's going to be a home game for Georgia, especially after LSU lost last weekend. Um you know, tickets are almost at face value at this point.
0: And apparently there's word that LSU is returning quite a large yeah, LSU, portion I of Yeah, I saw their that.
1: Allotments. LSU returned game uh tickets, so
0: all right, Charlie, the point total as of right now, we're trying to give you up-to-the-minute numbers here, guys. The point total right now on the SEC talking. game, yeah, I was right, 52.5. is still sitting strong at 52.5. Line is still sitting at 17.5. I
1: think I – I mean, I'm not putting this on my card, but I guess under 52?
0: I like it, Charlie. I think I might have that on my – now, you guys, I, I got to put this out there. We give you our picks for UGA games, but – You know, if you've been on the show, I do not bet on Georgia. I've done it one time, and that was last year, sitting there in the sports bar before the national championship game in Indianapolis, freezing, and I was sitting there, man, I was stewing on it, I was like, let's do it, let's go, and maybe a little liquid courage there, who knows, neither here nor there, put a big bet on him to win that game, and uh, yeah, it worked out, and uh, that's great, but other than that, I don't bet on Georgia, it's just a rule, it's just I can't put it out there in the universe, but I'll give you my picks here. So I gave you guys as detailed and comprehensive of a preview of this SEC Championship game as I could earlier in the week. So if you want more detailed thoughts, please check that episode out. If you have not already, I went as, as deep as I could on that one for you guys. But just kind of just recap some of those thoughts here. LSU is a, it's a good team, guys. Uh, they are capable of beating us no matter what happened against A&M and College Station last week. That's not who LSU has been for the past month plus now. They've really been hitting their stride late in the season. Again, with the exception of that game against A and M, uh, and they've kind of figured out who their ide- what their identity is on offense, who they are. It's it's too like they have a lot of talent on this team, guys. But offensively, it's the Jaden Daniels show. Defensively, it is the Harold Perkins show. So the key to this game, in my opinion. There's a couple keys. Number one, offensively, you have to contain Jane Daniels in the pocket and make him a pocket passer. That's not what the guy does well. We faced some really athletic quarterbacks this year. We've had some practice doing this, but Jane Daniels is a dynamic quarterback with his legs. He leads them in rushing by over four by like 400 yards, guys. Like he is a legit threat. Like he is their number one dude. Uh, defensively, Harold Perkins is, as a true freshman has become a nightmare, and they've increasingly built their defense around him. But I think that we have a chance. To make him a liability that's what you have to do with harold perkins he's been an asset for them a fantastic asset for the last couple of weeks and he single-handedly won the arkansas game for them we have got to take their number one asset defensively harold perkins and turn him into a liability how do you do that will you make him do things that he's not comfortable he's good at two really good things he's good at rushing the passer and he's good at chasing plays because he's an incredible athlete he's not big he's not physical right now he's a freshman he's got to grow and develop to be able to hold up in the trenches in the sec we have got to run the ball right at this guy. When he's playing in line, he's playing on the line of scrimmage. It's like a true outside linebacker. You got to run at him. Run counter at him. Run power at him. Run at this guy. That's what A&M did. And Devon a. Chain ran, or Devon a. Chain ran for over 200 yards against them. All right, Big part of that was that Harold Perkins could not hold up against the run. They don't have an answer for it. So if we can do that, and that's kind of where offense has been trending, I like our chances in this game. And I do think our offense is a bad matchup for them because of what I just laid out. They're a team that's built on speed, pass rush, those kind of things, disrupting the quarterback. And if we can run the ball with success and run them at these guys, especially Perkins, I think we can have some success in this football game. But here's my concern, guys. I do think that LSU is a well-coached defense. I think Matt House, the defense coordinator, is a smart guy. I think that we're going to win this game. I feel confident in saying that. But covering 17 and a half... It's a different story, because if you look at how our last two opponents, you've heard me talk about this for about two weeks now, Kentucky and Georgia Tech, how they played us defensively. They went with a two-high safety shell, and they stuck it stayed in that all game long. No matter how well we run the football, they were going to stay in that two-high shell come hell or high water, because they were trying to take away the kill shots in the passing game from us. What that does is it keeps the game closer than it otherwise would. Yeah, we'll run the ball down your throat, but that takes time. It takes time off the clock, right? Clock runs, it limits possessions, and it gives the opponent, who might not be as talented or as good as we are, which is just about everyone that we play, it gives them a chance to stay in the game late with a chance to win if we make a couple mistakes late if they make a couple of plays. And that's really all you can ask for. A team Mike Kentucky, that's all you could ask for. A team Mike Tech in the first half, that's all they could ask for. Now, we end up winning both those games comfortably, no problem. But that that Kentucky game was only 16-6, guys. And we we controlled that game. like We were never in, in danger of losing it. But the final score was only 16-6. It was very deceiving in terms of what actually happened during that game if you sat down and watched it. I think this could have a similar outcome. I think LSU, if they're smart, I don't know. I respect Matt House. I think he's a smart guy. I am just going to say if they come out doing what Tech and what Kentucky did to us, I think there's a really good chance they could keep this game closer than it otherwise would be if they gave us some of those kill shots, those one on one man covers, looks outside. I think they can keep it closer than that. I think we still win. I think it could be one of those games like Kentucky where we feel like we're controlling the game. You never feel like we're like we're really in danger, but it you look at the scoreboard and it's like, wow, this game is like closer than it should be." It's like uncomfortably close at times. So, give me LSU plus 17 and a half. I I feel no. I don't feel good about that, guys. I take no pleasure in that. I'm not trying to be contrary, and I just think you know, teams have, the last two weeks have showed a way to kind of keep the game close. Now, I, on the flip side, Todd Munkins had a chance to see that two weeks in a row. Maybe he has some answers. I think A.D. Mitchell is going to play this week. I feel pretty strong on that based on what I'm hearing coming out of, out of the out of the locker room and uh, around around the team. I don't think he's going to be 100%. I don't think he's going to play 40 plus snaps. I could see somewhere in the range of 15 to 20 snaps. And if you can go out there and just uh, make a play or two that can open things up a little bit for us. But I, I think LSU is talented enough And I respect Matt House enough to think he's going to have a plan to keep this game within striking distance. But I do think we end up winning this game. I'm also – you said you're taking the under. Is that correct, Charlie?
1: Yeah, taking the under.
0: I'm also going to take the under here, give you a betting trend. Eight of our last nine games against AP-ranked opponents have gone under the total. And I think the reason for that, guys, is against better opponents – we kind of lean into our formula, like Tennessee. Take the Tennessee game, for example. What's our formula? We want to run the football, establish a run, get you leaning into the box, get safeties in the box, and hit you over the top with play-action shots, jump out to a big lead, and then just play bow constrictor ball and sit on the ball in the second half and just squeeze you to death. That's our comfort zone. That's how I think that's what Kirby feels most comfortable with, and so I think that's why we go to that formula against the better teams on our schedule, and I think you're going to see a similar approach in this game as well, especially if if um, LSU tries to play us the way I think that they're going to I think there's a good chance they're going to so look at the trends look at how we like to play in big games and I'm gonna take the under 52 and a half in this one as well
1: all right well there you have it that is all of the power five matchups this weekend for the championship games do before you have we... any other I do okay G- give me a minute oh I'm
0: sorry Charlie before all right, we get podcast. into
1: other picks let's take a break And remind people about our friends at Alumni Hall because in two weeks, do you know what's happening?
0: In two weeks, it's not Christmas. Um, No,
1: but college graduations will be coming around.
0: Oh, Charlie, you're right. I was a December. You can
1: find great gifts, frames, all sorts of stuff for college graduates. Also, kids are start. High schoolers are starting to get acceptance letters. To UGA if they are like, wow, super smart. I mean, do you know how hard it is to get into UGA as a freshman now?
0: That, I, I would not have gotten that,
1: in. For early enrollee, I saw like the average
0: it's like mid GPA is
1: over a 4.0. Oh, yeah. You have to. I mean, it's absurd. SAT
0: score is like th- in the mid-1300s, something like that.
1: So, if you know some kids who are being accepted to UGA or another school, because Alumni Hall does carry other gear, if you have any college. Well, they
0: don't care at the store here. Online, they do, for other teams.
1: Correct. Just making sure people understand right. that. I don't Thank want them to go you.
0: to go in the store and be like, oh, there's not Tennessee gear here. Get
1: uh, well, run out of there. Ew, yuck disgusting um, well you can yes order online but call if you have a college graduate in your life go dogs get them something special so that they can remember um their time here in athens uh you can also find great christmas gifts if you need them or they're there pick up something for yourself you know if we win on saturday knock on wood they're gonna have some great sec championship
0: year. you know i'm gonna be in store charlie
1: i'm sure you'll be there as soon as they open the door
0: I mean, I got to work, but yeah, I'll be there yeah. sometime that day, for All sure. Right.
1: So make sure you check out Alumni Hall for the latest gear and hook yourself up.
0: Because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop.
1: All right. Now, are there any other picks that you would like? I only have three.
0: You have three left. Okay. Um. Yes. So we you want me to go first? 47? 47 is um, a bit of an exaggeration, but I mean... A lot. Not a lot, but I got a few here, Charlie. I'm going to go to the Mac championship game. A little action for you guys. Give me Toledo minus one and a half versus Ohio. I've changed my tune on this, guys. Curtis Rourke, who is the best quarterback that no one talks about in all of college football. I think he's an NFL guy. Maybe not an NFL starter, but an NFL guy. Um, he's been a fantastic quarterback for Ohio all year. He's hurt. He's out for the year. He'll be back next year, but he's not going to be playing in this game. And his backup, C.J. Harris, was real shaky when he first came against Ball State. I love Maction. I watch a lot of Maxion. He looked real shaky in that game against Ball State. He looked a little bit better than following against Bowling Green. Still was about a 50% completion guy. He's a dual-threat guy, but I, I don't know, man. I just don't trust him in this spot. The Ohio defense is not good. They are very bad. they give him up over 5,000 yards in the year. They're in the 120s nationally in yards per play allowed. If you look at the yardage margins, I mean, Toledo is plus 800 in the year. Ohio is, like, straight-up even. I I don't understand why Toledo is not a bigger favorite. I know their record seven and five. And they lost last week a game they shouldn't have lost. But give me the Rockets, Charlie. This one's in us uh, in Detroit. Give me the Rockets. I know that doesn't really matter, but give me the Rockets minus one and a half. I don't trust CJ Harris at quarterback for Ohio. I feel good about this bet. I'm gonna I'm gonna put probably um you know, I don't know probably like two units on this one.
1: I don't have a play on that game. You want to give us
0: another pick? No, you go ahead. Jump in there.
1: All right, I am going to take, let's see here, Tulane uh, against the spread, minus four against UCF. I just hate Gus Malzahn. So, so. this
0: is a um, a heart play? Yes. Not even a principal play. It's just no. a heart play. Yeah. Or I guess it could be the I hate Gus Malzahn principal play.
1: Yeah, there we go. I'll go with that. Tulane, green wave, let's go.
0: Let's go. I, maybe the best logo in college football. Yeah, their throwback wave, yep, the fighting wave—it's freaking crazy, awesome. Love that throwback. I love their uniforms in general. Tulane is hosting this game, Charlie. They did lose to UCF earlier at home this season. It was a tight game uh, in this earlier in this season, actually a couple weeks ago. But I, I actually like that bet a lot, Charlie. Um, here's a couple betting trends for you. Tulane is ten and two against the spread this year, guys. That is the single best cover percentage in all of college football this season. They are eight and two as a favorite. Tulane is also 15-4 against the spread as a home favorite since 2019. All of those betting trends are towards the wave. UCF, guys, just gave up 350 yards rushing to South Florida. You probably don't know much about South Florida because why would you? South Florida is terrible. They won one game this year, guys. They rushed for 350 on UCF last week. Tajay Spears. Tulane is not dynamic on offense, but Tajay Spears is a stud at running back for the Wave. He's an NFL guy. He's got 1,200 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns on the year. He's a threat in the passing game as well. I mean, watch this game, guys. You know, at noon, if you're, you know, during commercial of the Big 12 Championship, watch this game. See Tajay Spears. That dude's going to flash to you in a a millisecond. And then on the other side for UCF, it looks like there's probably going to be no John Rice Plumlee again, or if he does play, he's going to be severely hampered. He's nursing a hamstring injury. He had to go out early in the game last week against South Florida. Mikey Keene is a guy that's got a lot of experience playing for them. He's a different kind of quarterback. He's not as dynamic as Plumlee. He doesn't run the ball like he does. Their passing game is a little bit more improved with him in there. But their offense just isn't the same without Plumlee. And even if he does play, again, I don't think he's going to be the same Plumlee because he's nursing a hamstring injury. And that obviously is going to hamper a guy whose legs are his primary weapon. And anyway, Tulane's a top 20 defense nationally in yards per play. They're at home Tulane's been riding this momentum all year long. And I think they're going to ride that all the way to an American conference championship. So give me the green wave minus four, Charlie. I'm with you on that one.
1: All right. Give us your next pick.
0: Okay. I'll give you another one here. Let's go. I'm going to go Boise state Fresno state over 53 and a half. Got a couple of betting trends for you here. Five of Boise's six home games this year have gone over the point total. And then five of Fresno's last six games in general have also gone over. These two teams are number one and number two in scoring offense in the Mountain West. They both average exactly 34 points per game in conference, and they're in the same conference. They're playing each other. That's the purpose of a conference championship game. So all of those numbers scream over to me. I really wanted to take Fresno, but I might have a little something on that later in the game just to throw that out there or later in the show but i definitely love this is one guy i got this highlighted in my notes here i love 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 this play the over 53 and a half for boise fresno all day long
1: all right i don't have a play on that game give us another one
0: well you jump in there with the coastal game because i got that i'll let you jump in there coastal
1: carolina versus troy i'm taking the under in this game it's under 48. Did I say that? It's you not say a long that, week.
0: But it's under 48. Under 48. I'm no Grayson that. McCall, quarterback for Coastal. Correct. That's And Troy is one of the best teams in the country. I love it. Uh, do I have that on my card? If I don't have that on my card, I might throw that on here, Charlie. I don't have it on my card. You know what? I'm going to let you keep that. I'm going to let you keep that one. I'm going to take Troy minus eight and a half against Coastal. Guys, Troy nine and three against the spread this year. They're also four and oh against the spread against winning opponents, which Coastal is. And Troy is a awesome defense guys they are top eight national yards per play Grayson mccall the the stellar quarterback for coastal carolina has been playing a long time for them he's probably going to be out in this game If you look at some of jamie chadwick's comments it doesn't sound good he's had an ankle injury that initially was three to six weeks it was a couple weeks ago he said he looks like pretty good for a bowl game but it's an outside shot this game i don't think he's going to play if he does he's not going to be the normal Grayson mccall because the biggest thing he does is run the football they kind of like triple option like spread triple option offense that they run and without Grayson McCall, Coastal's a very, very different team. They barely beat Southern Miss, who's not very good. They beat them 26 23, and they just got smacked by James Madison last week, 47 7, only managed 183 yards total offense in the absence of Grayson McCall. There's a different offense without him, guys. Um, Troy's not dynamic on offense. I'm not here to tell you they are. They are not good on offense, but Coastal is 120th nationally, 121st nationally in yards per play allowed. I love this Troy defense. I don't think Coastal's going to score very much without Grayson McCall. Troy's not great defense offensively, but Coastal's very, very bad. I think Troy's going to have enough success here. Probably win by 10-plus points here. So give me the Trojans minus 8.5. All
1: right, my final pick is Southern versus Jackson State. Um, Can
0: I ask you real quick, Charlie? Yeah. Have you seen either one of these teams play all year? No. So this is like the ultimate flyer? Yes. This is a field play? Yes. All right, explain yourself.
1: All right, so the spread is 18.5. half. Deion Sanders has been rumored to be picking between three different schools on Sunday.
0: I've never seen a, somebody discuss this publicly. He's telling the right "Now, yeah, I'm making my mind in in, a, in like a couple of days, and you can just go where right. I go."
1: And then today, it came out that what's the school in Florida? South Florida. South Florida. That he was there looking at the plans in the facility, and he, if he takes the job, he has to be involved in the construction and the plans for the new facilities. Blah 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 blah. He's got
0: leverage at a place like that.
1: He has he been devoting enough time to this game this week? If oh, are I, his I mean, are his players devoted huh. to it? If they're like, oh well, he's leaving. I mean, do you think
0: Deion Sanders actually like coaches he the team? Right. He He's like a he's he's a mascot.
1: Right, but still, that you know, and these are these are kids. You yeah. know, they're young guys. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, I, I his
0: son is the quarterback on the team. By the way, he's already said, "I'm going wherever my dad goes." So it's like, is it one foot out the door?
1: All right. Well, I'm taking Southern plus 18 and a half. So that's
0: actually a really good play. I mean, Jackson State's better. I've seen about a half of one of their games well, I this year.
1: Say, I didn't say it made sense. No, no, I think it does make sense. I think it does make sense. a
0: football perspective. No, yeah, but sure, from a talent perspective, it does not make sense. But I do like the the setup, the situational aspect of that. I, I think that's worth the flyer. You know, you're not going to be putting a lot of money on that one, right?
1: No. Just take
0: a little unit flyer on Just Make on it, it a little fun. Yeah, yeah, a little something. All right, I like that, Charlie. Um, Let's see, what else do I have here? Did we talk about... Did we talk about... It? I might be out, Charlie. No, I got one more. I got one more. Did we skip over, do I? No, I'm out. We did Coastal, we did Fresno, we did Tulane, right? We got them all. We got them all, Charlie. That's it. I'm all out. Do you have an upset special this week? I do not. Okay. I, I get
1: yeah, no, I don't. You don't? There's there wasn't enough. I'm not throwing it out there.
0: I know, it's not a full slate, it's hard to find one sometimes. I do have one I feel decent about.
1: Uh, of course you do. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, Charlie, it's all in good fun, right? Upset special, kind of teased it a little bit earlier. Give me Fresno State, the men from the valley, over Boise State. And I know you're saying, but Tyler, it's all on the blue turf. Yeah, it is. I get that. How can Fresno possibly win on the Blue Turf? I mean guys, for, boys has lost four games the last two years at home. Like it's not like they're unbeatable at home. I mean, it's blue turf, like cool. I mean, okay. Jay Kaner is a freaking stud, guys. Started at at Washington, went to Fresno, followed Kalen DeBoer, Was going to was going to leave for Fresno after last year. Then they hired Jeff Tedford back who was like there when he started. And so he's like, okay, I'll stay at Fresno. He's been banged up, you know, for the mid part of the season. He's been back for a couple weeks, though. This guy's a great quarterback. He's a really, really, really good college quarterback. Boise's got a good player, too. He's a freshman. They changed offense coordinators in the middle of the year, and I thought it was going to be a disaster for them after they lost to UTEP, but it actually ended up working out pretty well for them. They went on a run after that. But Jake Hayner's a stud. And guys, if you watch this game, look for the, the name Jalen Moreno Cropper. He is a stud at receiver for Fresno. They use them in the running game, they use them in the receiving game, they throw vertically vertical shots to him, they use them in the screen game he I think he's an NFL player and him and Jake Hayner like that's a hell of a one-two punch man so I really like this one I mean it, this is the only one I, I, I thought maybe UNC could be an upset special I just don't know if I can go all that way I was thinking about potentially taking Utah but no give me Fresno State over Boise I also have a parlay Charlie do you have a parlay or are you sitting this one out sitting it out sitting it out Charlie that's no fun all right I'm not gonna sit out guys I got you covered here give me UTSA on Friday to win on the money line these are all money lines today guys UTSA Troy Tulane and USC all to win on the money line that comes out to plus 347 juice guys this one hits this is gonna be the biggest one I've given you all year and I like it I really like this one guys so again UTSA Troy Tulane USC all on the money line plus 347 Charlie we got some picks to recap
1: Okay, my picks include USC minus two and a half versus Utah. TCU minus two and a half versus K-State. UNC versus Clemson, taking Clemson minus seven and a half. Taking the over in Purdue versus Michigan, which is 52. Taking Tulane minus four versus UCF. Taking Southern plus 18 and a half. Wait, Charlie, can against, you tell me the
0: Southern mascot? Um, starts with a C? It does not start with a no, C. No, I don't remember. It's okay. Move on. Okay. Jaguars. Jaguar. I knew it was go, some type go. of cat. Yeah, definitely a cat that starts with a C for sure. Well,
1: I was thinking a cougar, but I under didn't know. Kind of okay. And then Coastal Carolina versus Troy taking the under 48.
0: All right, Charlie. I have, just like you, I've got USC minus two and a half against Utah. I also have the under 66 and a half in that game. I have TCU minus two and a half in the Big 12 title game against K-State. Is that a little bit of a a wishful thinking play? Maybe. I don't know, but we're going with it. I'm also going to take TCU and Kansas State under 62. All five Big 12 championship games the last five years have gone under the point total. I've got North Carolina minus seven and a half against Clemson. Give me Michigan minus 17 against Purdue. I think they're going to smack the Boilermakers around. Give me Toledo minus one and a half. In the MAC championship game over Ohio, give me Boise Fresno. Love this pick over 53.5. Give me Troy minus 8.5 in the absence of Grayson McCall for Coastal. Upset special Fresno over Boise. Parlay UTSA Troy Tulane USC all on the money line plus 347. Juice and to go back to what I was saying earlier, guys, the ones I'm probably most confident in here that I like the most I love Boise Fresno over 53.5. I like USC minus 2.5 i like i really like michigan minus 17 again this is the kind of team that michigan has just put in the dirt this year i also like toledo i know that sounds crazy you probably don't watch a ton of mac games i watched i love maction so give me toledo in this spot with a back of quarterback for ohio minus one and a half those all kind of stand out to me this week but um all right charlie anything else
1: that's it for this week
0: no parting words of wisdom Go Dogs. Go Dogs. That is all you need to save. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. I hope you guys have a heck of a weekend. Whether you're going to the game, whether you're watching at home with friends, no matter what you're doing, let's go dogs, baby. Come on. We it's like I know we're probably in regardless, knock on wood, but I want to SEC title, man. Like I want this. It's been a while since we've won one. I'm tired of losing these things. Let's get this one. Let's keep that one C play in Atlanta for the playoffs and uh take it from there so thank you for being here guys we appreciate each and every one of you for charlie i'm tyler and as always go dogs